Hey, so this is Aaron and Casey from The Itch. And we just wanted to stop by real quick to acknowledge the fantastic feedback that we've gotten about the Chester Bennington episode. We've received messages from listeners and friends about how encouraging that episode was to them and how much it helped them to know that other people cared. And the fact that it meant a lot to you means a lot to us. And so we just wanted to say thank you for that. One of the core beliefs of the itch is in the value of each human being. And so we just wanted to pause again to affirm that and to uh, express our gratitude for the feedback that you've given us about that episode. Yeah. And just the amount of new listeners that have been listening to the podcast because of the Chester Bennington episode, we appreciate the the chance of checking us out. Yeah. And so welcome. If that was your first episode, we encourage you to snoop around a little bit and check out a few more. We know the audio quality is a little rough on the first few, but if you did listen to that episode, then you know that it gets at least marginally better from then on. And there is an episode that'll be coming up in a few weeks here that acts as sort of a continuation of the conversation that was started in that last episode. So stay tuned for that one. Also, we encourage you to check out changedirection.org. It's an organization that aims to kind of change the conversation about mental health. And Talinda Bennington, Chester's wife, is involved with that organization, and they are doing a lot of good work. Yes. So again, if, if you are feeling the need to reach out to someone, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. So that's all we have until the next episode. We just wanted to say thank you and encourage you to keep encouraging each other. You're listening to The Itch, Rock Matters. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And you guys, I know that time doesn't mean anything anymore because we've been in a quarantine more or less since like March. But uh, we're past the halfway mark on the year now. And even though the album release schedule has been stifled a little bit, there's still been plenty of stuff that's come out. Yeah, surprisingly. We've got a list compiled of albums that we have talked about on the podcast or albums that you guys talked about on the radio show before we started the podcast and a few others. And uh, basically, it's the pool from which we will eventually choose our year end best of list. And so uh, we thought that maybe this week would be a good time to visit that and kind of check in and see what was looking good and what uh, what might make the cut towards the end of the year, especially if the release schedule stays as slow as it is. There's definitely been some good albums that have come out this year, but I will say that it's not as clear cut as it's been in the years past. There's been, you know, in the last two to three years, especially there's always been an album that's just come out and like immediately, you know, when you listen to that a couple times that that's going to be the top five album. And I honestly, I couldn't really say if there's a, like a sure spot in the top five for any of the albums that have come out so far. So the field is wide open. Yeah, and this this year in general, I mean, what the last three years we've had like no lull in flavor of the weeks when we do the radio show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went. Uh, I think it was forty five weeks in a row or something like that without playing a non new album for flavor of the week. Yeah, it was a really long stretch. There was that much good stuff, 
that you felt was worth talking about on air every week. Yeah, and playing about three or four, three or four songs or five songs, depending on how good the album was. I got a question for you guys. Um, so the Who, the H U, will be releasing a deluxe edition of their debut album. Are we going to count that as eligible for for the top twenty? I am going to base that on whether or not we counted them last year. <laughs> oh, okay. We gotta we gotta get technical about this. And I don't think we did. We played it at the end of the year, but I don't think we counted it because I forget the exact reasons why. I'm happy to count it towards this year's group because it'll get so many points just on the uniqueness of what it is. It's got to be a contender somewhere in there. Yeah, we didn't even consider it one of the honorable mentions last year, so I would definitely say that it's it's relevant this year. Yeah. All right. I think what, I think what happened was we played it like the week before our top 20 show or something like that. Which uh, would have been this year, I believe, right? Yeah. Maybe that's it. Okay. I will say that I do agree with that, that it is going to be, uh, it is probably will be up there. I really do like the, the deluxe version. I've, uh, I got it immediately. And, uh, I, I think the cameos are awesome. Like they, they make the songs 20 times better. And I will say that it has been a delight driving around this week with the who blared and my windows down and just getting the strangest looks from everybody around <laughs> me. It's it's been hilarious. See, we're, we're factoring that in as one of the reasons why it will appear high on our on our list at the end of the year because it it wins for best driving around and getting weird looks album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that it's just like you said, the uniqueness of it. It's it's completely different and it's very rare where a non-English speaking band can transcend into America. Mm-hmm. There's very few bands that I can think of other than Rammstein that have really been successful when they're not speaking English in, in the United States anyway. Which, you know, probably is part of why they release this deluxe edition with guest vocalists and whatnot. And it sort of bridges that gap a little bit, too. Well, and, and from what I understand, the artists themselves that get, that appeared on this album, like Lizzie Hale and Danny Case, and I think the other one was uh, Jacoby Shaddix, they were all, everything that you hear about them just talking about this band and their experience was just was an incredible uh, story. So and I'm sure that we're going to probably talk about them later on. Maybe uh, have like a, I don't know, an episode dedicated to the Garrett deluxe. Edition. We are. We are. Yeah, that's uh, we don't often give sneak previews, but um, I can say that that one is coming up very, very soon. Yeah. A little hint, hint. And another one that might be coming up soon. I don't know if you guys have heard this one yet, but there's been some talk about it and it seems to be getting some good reviews is static X is project regeneration volume one, which is uh, basically them recording some new tracks with some of the last of Wayne statics vocals. I'm excited about that one. And I'm excited about the possibility of talking about that one on the air too. I've actually heard nothing but great things about that too. I was really weary, uh, but yeah, Same. all of the people in the groups that I, like the music groups that I'm on and Facebook and other social media sites have just had nothing but great things to say about it. So I'm, I'm really excited to listen to it and to, like you said, and talk about it on the show. We've got a number of quality albums that we have already talked about here uh, on the podcast. We started off the series with Pearl Jam. We did uh, In This Moment, Red, new albums from each of them, uh, Stitched Up Heart on this episode. Green Day. Green Day we did. 
And then the number of them that you guys no doubt did before the podcast, just on the radio, the flavor of the week on Hollywood Undead, for example, Five Finger Death Punch. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. One of the albums that has probably been my favorite so far this year, I, I don't know if I would claim that it's like the top album right off the bat, but it's definitely up there has been the Hollywood Undead album called New Empire Volume 1. I just absolutely love the direction that Hollywood Undead has gone in. Like they've really kind of taken on the the heavy metal kind of rock sound and, and incorporated that into their their music and, and just I, I just I love the like every album I just feel like they just keep getting better and keep getting better and, and I'm always excited to see what other stuff they're gonna do and you know and just what direction they're gonna go. Yeah, I definitely agree with with you on Hollywood Undead because like you said, the just the direction that that they're going in is the type of direction that you want to hear from that band. Well, and I think Aaron sent this in a text that um, there was an interview with uh, J3T, Johnny Three Tears, where they asked him why the band was going so heavy. And he just answered because of the steroids. It's make them, it's roid rage, basically. <laughs> roid rage. <laughs> he, says, he says, we've all been doing steroids, so we've got rage. That is one thing that I will, <laughs> that I will say about that band is they are brutally honest. <laughs> and silly. Yes, man. And there's some more albums we that have been out for a while that we haven't had a chance to talk about here on the show um, that I'm still hoping we get a chance to. I'm a big fan of Local H and I'm trying to talk these guys into doing their album Lifers on a future episode. We got an Incubus EP that that isn't half bad that uh, it wouldn't count for album of the year per se, but it's a notable enough release. Yeah, there's some not so good albums too. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots Perdita was very disappointing for me. I don't even think we played that for Flavor of the Week, did we? We did not, because you were so disappointed with it. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then Breaking Benjamin Aurora was just another letdown. Like, it was, I mean, I guess I didn't have much expectations for that, but just to have, like, a completely soft album from Breaking Benjamin was just, I don't know, it was not expected. I, I was hoping for, like, maybe one or two tracks that rocked out, but, like, the whole album was just... They call they kept calling them the Aurora version, and it's just like it's not the Aurora version; it's the boring version. <laughs> <laughs> so the Breaking Benjamin album, boring, probably won't be on our top twenty at the end of the year. No, <laughs> got it. No. <laughs> now, one one on the flip side of that, one that we did talk about and you didn't mention um, that I really do think will be high on our list is the AWOL Nation album, Angel yeah, Miners yeah. and Lightning Riders. We went in depth on that album in uh, episode four of the podcast. So feel free to go back and check that out if you want to hear all of our rants and raves about AWOL Nation. I have to say probably Hollywood Undead and AWOL Nation have been my favorites of the year so far. Five Finger Death Punch coming in close behind, but it's really funny. Like the Five Finger Death Punch album, that and maybe it's just them. It takes me a while to really get into their newer albums. And I, I don't know why, but like... I listen to it, like the first couple of times and it's always good. It's five finger death punch, but like it really takes me like four or five listens to finally kind of get on board with the new, new sound. Cause they always kind of switch up their sound a little bit from, mm -hmm. from every album. Cause it's just, they're nowhere near as heavy as they used to be. And that's not a bad thing. I get it. that They're getting older, but I, I just feel like I wouldn't say the takes getting used to, but it's just like the more and more you listen to, it, I guess the more you pick up on certain things that, that you start liking. Some albums are growers. Yeah. That's a very real thing. Casey, what do you, any albums that are standing out to you as likely contenders so far? One of my favorites that we haven't discussed uh, so far is uh, Ozzy Osbourne's Ordinary Man. It's a fantastic album. And uh, 
it's just nice to hear new music from Ozzy Osbourne, you know, knowing that how sick he is recently due to his mm-hmm. health problems. And then he just continues to churn out music like nothing's happening. <laughs> Great music, nonetheless, too. He won a Grammy for this album. Yeah. And I don't, has he ever won a Grammy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he has. I think that's his first Grammy, to be honest. Not that Grammys mean anything. They're just stupid ass awards awarded to uh, popular artists. But <laughs> but still, congratulations. Yeah. You know, for your first one. Way to go. Yeah, take it. Take what you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad you mentioned Ozzy because I was feeling a little bit. Uh, so some of the ones that are standing out to me so far this year is the Green Day album. Pearl Jam's Gigaton, episode two again, and um, the Local H one. And I'm like, these are bands who who came onto the scene in the 90s. And now you got Ozzy who came on the scene a lot earlier than that. And so it's not that we aren't keeping up with new music. There's a lot of young bands in here, but some of the some of the classics still are just putting out good stuff. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. And I want to give an honorable mention, at least for myself. Technically, they're not even rock, but Run the Jewels, again, we, we've also discussed them. They they pulled Zach from Rage Against the Machine out from wherever that he's been hibernating. And for doing that, just for doing that, they get at least an honorable mention on my top rock albums, despite not even really being a rock album. <laughs> well, I just want to throw this out there because we're not, you know, we, we mentioned like Ozzy Osbourne and stuff like that, but we, we don't really get into like the hardcore metal. Uh, and I have a lot of friends that are into the hardcore metal, and I've heard nothing but great things about the Lamb of God album that came out this year. Again, I'm not a Lamb of God fan. Uh, it's just not my thing is the screaming. It's just too much. But I have a lot of respect for them because they, <laughs> when I was at uh, a concert of theirs, they had the largest circle pit I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was literally from one side of the lawn to the other side of the lawn. People were just running, like sprinting <laughs> laps in this circle pit. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. That sounds like the Braveheart. Huh? <laughs> so I, uh, there's this Celtic punk band called Flatfoot 56. And at their shows, they used to do um, a thing, and they, they called it Braveheart, I think, where you, they would split the room into, into two sides, and you would go to the wall on one side of the wall and the other side of the room. It wasn't a circle pit, per se, but your job when they said go was to get to the other side, <laughs> the other wall, to get to the other side. So everybody was charging at each other like it was a battle scene from a Braveheart or some similar movie. <laughs> that sounds dangerous. <laughs> oh, it totally was, but it was so fun. <laughs> I just wanted to mention the the Lamb of God album because it, my friends keep reaching out to me like, you guys aren't going to talk about this album. You're going to talk. No, I'm sorry. We're not huge metal fans, but I'll give them an honorable mention because I know that a lot of people have said nothing but great things about their album. Yeah, and when we talk about, you know, there hasn't been that many releases, the further you get into more extreme genres of music, you can pull a lot more albums out and there's a lot more releases and a lot more to talk about. We talk about the things that really appeal to us and because that's not a genre that appeals to us usually, mostly that we're not talking about it. So it's not that there's not great albums coming out in that genre, it's just that that's not really what we do. So they they kind of get left out, unfortunately. Yeah. That is correct. But still uh, some great albums nonetheless, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the year, hoping that the pandemic doesn't slow things down too much and we get, get more to talk about. But as you guys mentioned, we, we do have enough on the plate to talk about for, the, for a good amount of time anyway. We sure do. Definitely have topics. 
yeah, including including the one that we're speaking about on this episode, uh, Stitched Up Heart, and their album Darkness. And so uh, you'll have to stay tuned here and see if uh, by the end of this episode we've convinced ourselves that it'll be a contender or not. Yeah, this week's Flavor of the Week, I'm actually really excited about, kind of, I mean, I have mixed feelings, I'll say, <laughs> but I'm excited to get back into talking about Flavor of the Week. It's something that we've done on our show for quite some time. I wouldn't say for the 16 years that we've done it, but I know that we have done our Flavor of the Week for quite some time, probably about at least 10 years, 10 to 12 years. Yeah. And so we haven't done a Flavor of the Week on our show for on the podcast for like the last three weeks. So it's it's kind of nice to get back into discussing new albums, new music. Um, and it was it was just nice to get back to listening, I guess, to new music. But at the same time, yeah, mixed feelings, mixed feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about the brand new Stitched Up Heart album called Darkness that was released in what, March? Yes. So they're the reason why we're all quarantined, because they came out with an album called Darkness before all this <laughs> shit started. <laughs> Thanks, Stitched Up Heart. Darkness was released on March 13th, which was... Yep. Probably about the same time that um, yep. airport started closing. Yep. yep. <laughs> the crap hit the fan. That's right. Yep. Sure did. So they unleashed the darkness upon us. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this album because I like this band. Like, I like this band a lot. Uh, they're a really nice band. Like, nice people. We got a chance to meet them when they were touring from their previous album, which is called Never Alone. And they're just really down to earth people. They actually took the time to, to talk with us, hang out with us and uh, took a picture with us. And, you know, the one thing I kind of mentioned before that I was really trying to get her to Mixie as, her, as she goes by um, to answer a couple questions. But I, I understood why she didn't, you know, she's in, in this album was pretty damn evident of why she didn't. I, I just, that was my impression of it, to be honest. <laughs> Why she didn't? Why she didn't want to answer questions that I was asking her? Because I was trying to ask questions along the lines of like, how, you know, does she feel it's it's different from for women coming up in the music industry as opposed to men? And I was just trying mm. to ask questions based on that. Um, she just kept saying that she wasn't going to answer any questions, um, just for, to ask her her uh, publisher. So I, I, I kind of tell basically from that response that like. They were so focused on their image, trying to make sure that, you know, they don't do anything wrong um, and, and do what their record company says that, you know, they just, I don't know. I, like, I didn't feel like it was all, all about the music, so to speak. And I think that this album is pretty evident of that is, is what I was alluding to. Yeah. They were trying not to ruffle any feathers in that interaction. Exactly. Yeah. Before I get too far into the music aspect of it, I do have a funny story that I want to share with meeting them and taking that picture. Do it. <laughs> As we were waiting in line and we we walk up to to take the picture, I of course, you know, go to walk to get behind everybody cuz I'm a really huge guy. <laughs> and the drummer says Wow, we normally don't have fans this big. <laughs> so I am literally their biggest fan. Please tell me you said that in the moment. <laughs> I I didn't say it, but I did think it in my oh. I did think it in my head. Uh, you gotta to go back to the baseball, you, you gotta hit that pitch. <laughs> he loved you one. <laughs> you should ask him if he would sign something to his biggest fan. 
<laughs> Actually, just give his biggest fan some, you know, tickets, merch. <laughs> yeah, they were they're trying to sell their own merch, so they weren't they weren't giving anything away. Yeah, but um, I mean, Casey probably could have just taken it, and they weren't going to do that. Again. <laughs> but <laughs> but he's not that kind of guy, and we're grateful. That is that. true. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was another story from that show when. Mixie wanted to do some crowd surfing and she's like, I'm going to jump right here. And then, so I went ahead and, and got kind of c- close to the spot where she was going to jump that way. She wouldn't completely fall. Yeah. Cause there was like 12 people there. Exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's tiny. So if, if like, t- you know, they're spread out like three feet, she's going down. Like <laughs> I just imagine right now, this is the vision that just went through my head is do you know at the end of the Princess Bride when Buttercup jumps out of the window? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I imagine. There's nobody there because there's nobody at the show apparently. But Casey's <laughs> just like, I got you. Like gently catches her as she as she glides through the air. <laughs> that was more or less what happened. Do you know what that venue was called? Like what venue that was by chance? I don't was remember. It, it might have been. It, it was one of the smaller one of the smaller shows. It was weird because like they had two venues next to each other and like our venue, they had the bar on the right side and on the left side, they had like the stage and a bar and like where the band played and hung out. It uh, might've been the foo bar, but I don't remember. I don't remember what it was either. It was an interesting venue. I do remember that. And it was definitely an interesting crowd around the venue as well. Yes. So, so that's what I was saying. Like, I, I really like the band. They're great people. Um, although it looks like they've changed a significant amount of people since, um, or not significant. They, I think they've changed like half their band since we've seen them, though. They dropped one member. Oh, it was just one. They dropped their rhythm guitarist. Okay, and so that's now just a four-piece band, isn't it? Yep. Okay. And then the guy, the guy that had blonde hair, now has brunette hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice that part. <laughs> For. This does appear to be one for a band that's only been around for a decade. Their list of past members is uh, it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they kind of revamped in like 2011, 2012. And then because like the majority of their initial band is not present. Actually, nobody from the initial band aside from Mixie is still there. The rest of them joined in 2012, 2014. So it sounds like they had a, a couple of years of trying to put it together at first. She Axel Rose the rest of the band. Oh my god! Maybe, maybe. kick their asses out. I don't. Know. I don't know for sure. I mean, they didn't have a studio album until 2016, and so they were pretty small potatoes. They had two EPs. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they had songs, but obviously they just weren't getting what they wanted. So she she Axel Rose the band. I'm gonna say that that is. A guess more than a guarantee. Uh, that's my assumption. You might be right, but I'm not going on record as saying that that's what happened. <laughs> but because they dropped their second guitarist, I feel like they kind of went a little bit more electronic on this uh, Darkness album. Yeah, I agree with that. As somebody who hasn't listened to this band very much in the past, tell me what you guys would say are the main stylistic differences between this and their first album. Is it just that mostly? It's or? mostly that. They they relied more heavy on the electronic presence, whether that be her vocals or just sounds in general to make it sound more full, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. The previous CD, at least the first CD that I am familiar with, Never Alone, was more 
more of a metal album. Like I, I felt like yeah. it was just a lot heavier, reminded me a lot more of like in this moment as opposed to this album, which kind of I don't even know what to compare this album to. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's there's songs on there that I like. I, I will say that like the the first single "Lost" with Sully Erna was, was great, and I actually feel like that's a song that was left off their last album. Yeah, it just kind of has that gritty rock sound like that they used to have. I thought that song made a fantastic album opener. We've talked before, and I'll probably talk anytime we do Flavor of the Week about what the the makeup of an album in general. You know, the importance of a good opener, the importance of a good closer, and a balance throughout where your strongest stuff isn't bunched together necessarily. And Lost with that, this like swirling video game kind of sound and this really intense like opening riff yeah. was not only one of and possibly the best song on the album, but definitely the best choice for an opener. And a great choice for a first single, especially containing, you know, a big superstar like Sully Erna. Yeah, I did want to make a sidebar just about Sully because he's been featured in numerous tracks of the last year and a half. Making the guest rounds? Yeah. I'll be honest, I he didn't sound quite right to me for the most part. And part of it, I think, was that they put effects on his vocals. Yeah. I think that he was better utilized in the final chorus of that song than he was on the breakdown that he kind of came in on. I don't know. I could have done without Sully, which just sounds strange considering he's Sully Erna. But <laughs> well, it's really funny, too, because like, you know, I, I kind of agree with that, because like when I first saw the song and I was like, oh, featuring Sully Erna is sweet. Let me listen to this one right away. And I listened and I'm like, is he in this song? Like, this- <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like halfway through. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's more than halfway. I think it's almost like two thirds of the way in, really. That's probably true. Yeah, I don't remember specifically, but it's, it's a while. He is, he almost takes you off guard because you're like, oh, where did he come from all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know if you saw the video for the song. I just want to make mention of this. Like, Stitch Up Art obviously toured with Godsmack. Yeah. And so the video is like them playing this song live. And Sully Erna comes out and makes his on, you know, on stage debut to, to sing the song. But there's one part in the video that like really bothers me. And I don't know if I don't know if it was intentional. I don't know what he was trying to do, but he like almost grabs her neck. Yeah. And like her face. chokes her. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, I, and, I, and I'll just be quite honest. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are. You can be Sully Erna or not. But like, you don't need to be doing that. Somebody on stage. Like, there's no reason for that. I don't know why it made it to the music video. Right. I had that thought, too, pretty much. So their second single is a song called Warrior. And I would probably say it's, I, I guess, maybe the, the best, you know, the best choice for a second single, maybe other than the, the uh, title track for the album Darkness. But so the video for this one is just going along with what I, I, I kind of assumed when when they were coming out. One of the reasons why I wanted to ask these types of questions, is because have the video has her completely naked with her hair, like covering up her, you know, body her uh, genitalia and so it, they're obviously trying to make her out to be a sex symbol which i get you know there's no doubt she's very very pretty and and that's you know i guess what you want to use to draw people in whatever it's a weapon you can use if that's your thing yeah my point being is that like i hope that she's you know i hope this is not getting to her i really wish the best success for this band i really did like parts of this album but you know i hope that like she's not falling into that hollywood uh cliche i guess you know what i mean i don't know if you, if that's what you'd call it but yeah no i got you yeah i haven't seen that video i can't speak to the nature of what's going on in, in her life or anything like that i will say that from an artistic standpoint like 
I don't think I've ever encountered a band that's name felt more in tune with their lyrical content. Yeah. And so many of their songs just being about these struggles with, I guess, your demons or whatever. I guess what I'm saying is I could see it being possible in a video like that, that they were going for that visual to match I guess the, the tension of what they're singing about. I couldn't say that for sure. Yeah. I don't, but I don't know if that's exactly where they're going, but I did want to say one thing about warrior. And as you were talking about with lyrically, a lot of these songs are very beautiful and very well thought out, but with, Mm -hmm. with warrior, it's like the one song that doesn't quite fit on the album. As far as the lyrical content of darkness and everything else. Well, kind of, though. I mean, I think it does fit because it's herself proclaimed that she's a warrior and she can deal with this darkness. But, you know, maybe that's what she's referring to the whole time is the darkness of the industry. Who, I mean, who knows? <laughs> Possible. And uh, there there are times in here where the where I, I really, I had mixed feelings in terms of lyrics. I'll, I'll be honest. So there are some bands. How do I put this? Bands discussing their personal struggles or... Uh, their mental health and things like that. I think there's value to it. And at the same time, there also sometimes comes a point where I kind of get tired of hearing it. Like I, it's the main reason I'm not much of a corn fan because I feel like, I feel like Jonathan Davis has been singing about the same things for 30, 25 or 30 years. And every time I hear a corn song, it sounds like he's singing about the same thing he was before. And I'm like, man, are you, you got to, figure out a way to move past some of this stuff <laughs> within this, this album. There are times when I feel both ways on that. Um, like the song problems is, is a good example. I find that when you get to the chorus of that song, I feel very sympathetic to what she, I believe what she is singing very strongly. And I find, and, the, and I think it's like actually quite a beautiful song versus there are things towards the end that so like the final song is called my demon and one of the things she says is i've become one with my demon she's basically like i'm gonna embrace this rather than fighting it and i'm kind of like i don't i don't know if i can advise that method or (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't necessarily sound like the best route to take but okay so i don't know it's just it's interesting she's as she goes through discussing her struggles in these various ways it elicited feelings anyway, so I'll give them credit. They they got me to, to feel something about what she was saying. You know, I will agree with that. Like, I do feel that she's put a lot of emotion into the lyrics of this album. It, probably definitely more so than the last album as well. Mm. Yeah. There are also places where it just starts to feel a little repetitive. Like, for me, so I, I thought this album started strong. We talked about Lost. I thought that the this skin, the intro beats in particular are really cool. It kind of turned into a sound somewhere in between like a skillet and a fly leaf to me, but it was yeah. still pretty solid. It was captivating enough. And then, like I said, problems. And then you got warrior about the point where you hit straight jacket. I start to kind of wonder as I'm listening through this, if this band has potential to be more than they are, if they got a little more experimental, because at that point I kind of hit a wall of already halfway through the album feeling like it's getting repetitive lyrically and musically. And I don't, that's probably not good to get to that point so early on in an album. (laughs) Well, it's funny because like my issue with this entire album is that I felt that they, they lost their distinctive sound. Mm. Like, you know, every band needs something that, that sets them apart from everything else. And and maybe they were trying to redefine it with the electronic sound that Casey had mentioned earlier, but that's, that was my, my biggest issue with this entire album is that I, I felt like, 
you know, they just didn't have that unique sound that like throughout this album, it was just, like you said, just kind of, it gets lost in itself. And I think there's a couple of good songs after straight jacket. Cause I do like the dirty secrets and, and the title track darkness, but yeah, once you get past darkness, like I honestly, I, I kept having to listen to those songs again. We're like, okay, what, what was that song? Okay. Uh, you know, cause it, <laughs> there's, there's just nothing that stuck out. My, my other thing though, too, is that, that some of the choruses were a bit repetitive. Mm, like yeah. she just repeats herself instead of like coming up with like, you know, four different lines. It's like two lines repeated, two lines repeated. Yeah, there may be room for growth there, I suspect. For me, when you got towards the end, yeah, at that point, I was starting to check out a little bit. It caught it caught me pretty strongly early on and then lost me the further it went, the album did. So you get to like Dead Roses, and that one to me also felt kind of generic. To me, I don't know about you guys, I'll say that as someone that's not that familiar with them from before, that the electronic stuff that they threw in there was sometimes the most interesting part of songs to me. And so like Crooked Halo, which is a track near the very end, has a little less of that like louder guitar sound a little more like an electro electronic pop kind of thing that um maybe that's their attempt to tap into something that's more like socially popular right now culturally in style of music but whatever it was it did work for me yeah it stood out yeah it made me wonder what that track might have been like closer to the beginning since it was a little more unique whether that would have helped to to grip me as a listener a little more rather than being near the end where I was already kind of burning out. Yeah. And now I feel like I've burned out on this flavor of the week. No. <laughs> <laughs> so where would you guys uh, throw this album in terms of our, our list of so far of, of, of flavor of the week? Do so you think that it stands a chance at cracking the, the list at the end of the year? Well, you know, with with not much else on the horizon, I I guess I, if 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 we continue to do a top twenty list, then yes, I will say yeah. we'll make the top twenty list. And it could be a thing where, due to sort of having a shortened release schedule because of of the pandemic, that it may be in our interest to shorten that list. I don't know because obviously it's not a thing where we don't want to endorse something and say it's the best one. We really truly didn't love it that much. <laughs> Well, and I agree with that, but like at the same time, like there's when we get back to doing the radio show, there's going to be songs I'll play off of this. Like I, I, I like the, yeah. a lot of different songs. It's just that, you know, I, I just am more of a fan of their first album because I felt that they had a distinct sound. I felt that they they had a direction that they were kind of going in. And then, you know, like I think that they kind of went opposite of what I expected because um, they dropped a member, kind of became a little bit more electronic because of that. And it's just not it was not the direction I guess I anticipated this band going. Or the, that you hope that they would go. Yeah, I agree. So maybe we could say that uh, it's a useful album, particularly for radio show purposes, but maybe a little bit of a misstep in their evolution as a band. I mean, if it's the direction that they want to go, then I, I I get it, I guess. You know, they're trying to be a little bit more mainstream, I think, is, is their thought process behind that. Um, it's just, you know, I guess my thought is, I've always said this too, like, you know, if you're going to sell out, like, sell out after about three albums, you know, <laughs> get, get three albums in there and then you can sell out and then it won't make it sound like you're selling out or it look like you're selling out. You're just changing your sound because you're getting tired of doing the old sound. I think Linkin Park did that. <laughs> they did. I think that there, even in what you're saying, maybe there's hope for this band in terms of, let's say that that, that is what they're doing. Let's say that, I mean, you kind of have 
some circumstantial evidence here that points to the idea that this is a band that's trying to fit into something and be part of a scene or, or a machine, maybe as it were, to, to gain popularity. Maybe there comes a day where they say, forget all that. We need to actually be ourselves. And maybe that's when they put out like their best album. It, that could be. I could see that as a possibility. That's some hope that I'll keep for Stitched Up Heart. Well, and I agree with that because I think like, you know, I, I think that there's definitely, you know, I don't know if it's producer influence or, or, or outside influence, but the, it just seems, it seems like there, there was some influence on this, on this album. Yeah. Like I said, you know, whether that was from the band or, or themselves or, or record companies or management or, or producers, it just, I don't know. It just didn't seem like the album that I, like I said, just meeting them and, and talking to them, it wouldn't have seemed like the album that I would have anticipated from them at all. Mm-hmm. Cause they just seemed like they enjoyed rocking out and having a fun, you know, having fun, like doing heavy metal or I wasn't say heavy metal, but just doing more metalish type rock. Yeah, definitely. I do want to make one side note. The itch has recently um, hopped onto Twitter and we follow a lot of the bands that we discuss for multiple reasons. One of which is so we can know about the bands we discuss and, and Mixie is pretty active on there. I don't know if you guys have checked in on any of that or <laughs> at all. Oh, great. <laughs> She's active. And, and that woman loves her some kittens. Let me just tell you that. Yes. She is an animal lover to the core. And so I can get behind that as, as someone who grew up with dogs and then ended up with somehow cats in my life. And, and now I'm quite fond of them. I can appreciate that. See, I went the opposite way. I had dogs yeah. and then got a cat and then hated the cat and was like, ah. I'm going back to dogs. I'm getting a cat in my life. Sometimes it depends on what cat you get. I think so. I've 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 lived with four cats, and and I've I have had affection for three of them. The fourth one I could totally do without. But <laughs> I hope she's not too active to where she listens to this and then hates me for the rest of my life. That's fine. <laughs> well, Mixie, we'll send you pictures of kittens if you're mad at us because <laughs> we we do appreciate you. I mean, we, you know, I did like the album. I just, like I said, it just was not as, uh, as good as I had hoped or anticipated. That's fair. That's fair. I probably had high, too high hopes, to be honest. It, it's, it's a high compliment. If you set the bar pretty high on your debut album, you seem to really like that one then. Well, I think one of the reasons for that is like any band that we discover like this, like Sitched Apart, for instance, I, it goes back to like Skin Dread. I always want them to be successful. And I just don't like every time we, discover a band uh, you know i always i always wish them the best and I, I don't know if that this is necessarily the best direction for them but hey you know time will tell yeah <laughs> i think that'll just about do it for this particular episode as i mentioned we are on twitter you can find us there at itch rocks i-t-c-h-r-o-c-k-s that is also our uh, facebook page as well as our email itch at gmail.com and we do appreciate interaction we we will talk to you we're you know friendly folks um since we've decided to hop onto this onto twitter and uh make use of that as a tool here i wanted to throw something out there for you guys and i haven't actually run this by dan and casey until right now so they might veto me right here on this on this uh episode but what i want to throw out is for anybody listening if you want to help us spread the word about what we are doing and about this show if you have enjoyed it and you want other people to enjoy it, tag your friends at your friends on Twitter, mention us as well, direct them, you know, to the show. And if we see that, we'll give you a shout out on the next show. 
And it doesn't have to be Twitter. I mean, if you're old school like me, you can tag them on Facebook or share it on their page. Yeah. As long as we find out about it. Well, thank you, because we genuinely do appreciate that. And maybe somewhere down the line, I'll even do something like making a, I don't know, a secret playlist or something for for people who have, who have you know, done a particularly admirable job of spreading the word. And I, I know that time is valuable and that there are a million things competing for our time at any given point. We're very keenly aware of that. And so the fact that you're listening right now and might consider listening again, it's not lost on us. We appreciate that. And uh, and so we, we want to hear from you and we want to, you know, know what you're enjoying, what you're not. So we would, you know, ask you to to share it with your friends if you think that there's people out there who, who would enjoy. Ask them to listen, to subscribe. Word of mouth is, is the best kind of marketing. It's better than paying for ads. It's better than a lot of uh, trying to sell products. Not to say that we won't eventually do those. It's cheaper too. It's definitely cheaper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I prefer, I love when things happen organically. And so we would, we would love for, for that to happen with you. And don't forget those playlists mentioned before. All these things that we're talking about, you'll be able to find in the show notes, playlists, the social media, everything. And um, so it's all there ready for you uh, at your will. We've tried to make that work easy. Thank you for listening to the Itch Rock Matters. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next week, rock on. Plus, you set us up with a perfect segue into... On purpose. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice job. Well played. Okay. I see what you're doing right there. That's why I decided to let you go first, you know. <laughs> well I wasn't played, just being yeah. courteous. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he was being savvy. I see. There you go. Yeah. See how it is.